yo, what up? You already know who it is? You already know. Mm-hmm. It's I, Big it's Dan. Him, Big Dan. Rodan, I'm Rodan. coming to you live from the 215. You're coming before Comics Familiar Somalia of sci-fi and superheroes. Here to welcome you to the Blurred Bar. Blurred Bar, Blurred Bar, Blurred, Blurred Bar. And I am never by myself because never, if ever. I was, it'd be a problem. And but I have to pay somebody. I am here. Cobb's here. Always. And I am Queen Cobb. QC. Sometimes known as QC. Hey. I am Queen uh, Anti-Flex, uh, the video game Ventress, <laughs> the support character with boundaries, hey. um, Sony's interim executive assistant with executive privileges, <laughs> coming at you live at the Blur Bar. At the Blur Bar. And it's not just two of us. Hey. Where was my dolphin? <laughs> Yeah, I ain't getting myself <laughs> Well, you just kept it moving so so fast. I was like, oh, man. He, he jumped right in. Yeah. Last time. Um, there it is. Hailing from the land of sake, shinobi, and samurai, the boy is Godzilla personified. Ain't no other name but this to go by. You already know who it is. Jayhawk. Hawk. <laughs> now, Blur Bar. Barflies. Barflies. We have a very special guest. Uh, I'd like to consider him one of the OGs. Philly's finest. That's right. Because uh, if you're from Philly, you know how we identify them, right? We call, we call you OG. OG, Gotta Philly's give you that finest. respect. Uh, the great, the renowned, and the comparable. Published, <laughs> the published. The published. That's published. <laughs> Let's start That's there. Jamar Nichols. Hey. Come on, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Oh, no, not oh, that no. one. Yo, I got the Metal Gear joint. That was what's up. <laughs> Snake. <laughs> I love it. Yo, thanks for having me on, y'all. I'm really, I'm really geeked to be here. So thank you so much. Oh man, thank I'm you. I'm beyond excited personally. Uh doing the digging that I did to try to find a guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, your name was at the top of the list. And I was like, all you gotta do is ask. If he <laughs> if he says no, it's because he's busy. Right. Right? You know, or he don't really like you know, he don't hey. want to think with us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I feel like both we should things be, can be true you. at the same time. <laughs> Multiple truths. And both things can be an option, right? So. We should be thanking you. Yeah, no, definitely. So we, we thank you for uh, joining us and really just want to get uh, your perspective kind of just on the industry and you know, artists and illustrating and all that stuff. You have a book. Uh, if you guys don't know, uh, Leon is currently available. It's a, I would like to call it... It's not a young adult book yet because mm-hmm. uh, the main character is a fifth grader, mm-hmm. uh, so it's still kind of like child. But yeah, that's a that's a middle grade. They have a whole category. Oh, and uh, in uh, traditional publishing now, yeah. So it's um, it's a uh, early readers, middle grade, YA, and okay. young, and I think teen or something like that. There's one right over YA, but. Yeah, but would it be fair to say that it's for everyone? Like anyone can enjoy it? Yes. Uh, you know, that's how I usually say it. And um, coming from comic book world, we would say uh, uh, um, all ages. We used to say things mm-hmm. like that. With, with like an Archie or a Sonic book would be an all ages book. But mm-hmm. uh, traditional publishing, they don't like that phrase very much. So it's got to be like <laughs> one of those. It's got to be one of those columns. And people go, oh, OK, I got it. But yeah, middle grade. Who do we market to? Market all ages, right? Right. <laughs> right. Everybody can buy it, but we can't market that. You know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> now, before we get into the origin story of Leon, because I feel like that's your biggest and latest uh, project, uh, give us some background. Where you sure. got started? What influenced you? I was about to say. I, I also have some questions, but I definitely want to hear the origin story. Oh, the origin story is important, right? We got superhero. In our midst, right? Right. Published. Sure. That's the important part. Until yeah, we get pu- there. Published. He, he hit that button a couple times. Hit that button for <laughs> Yo, I need an air horn button real bad in the studio. <laughs> yeah, how can I cop one of those? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so um, again, my name is Jamar Nicholas, and I am a professional cartoonist. My new title. Because, you know, like I said, in this new space, they like, they do things a certain way. I'm an author illustrator. Author okay. illustrator. Is, is, is what they like to say. Uh, uh, but I'm a cartoonist uh, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. My family's from West Philly. And I've lived all over the city. Yeah, give, give, it up, 
You're in a 50 second race. What, what? Okay, second race. Um, and, uh, you know, I've lived all over the, all over the city and, uh, really the, 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 the spine of my origin story is I always wanted to be a comic strip artist. Uh, mm-hmm. when I was young, when people still read the newspaper, uh, I had a really young fascination with Doonesbury. I don't know if y'all, if y'all mess with that. I'm familiar with Doonesbury. Yeah. And I was just, it was, the stuff was way too advanced for me. I was way too young, but there was something about the art style that just drew me in mm-hmm. and, uh, wanting to kind of be in, in control my own universe really stuck out to me. Uh, so, uh, along those lines, I kept going, uh, wanting to be a cartoonist, uh, when I was coming up in the city, it was not a popular uh, career choice for young people. <laughs> uh, so uh, every place I, I went to school, I was the cartoonist kid. I was a cartoon mm-hmm. kid. I see uh, you went to, did you go to Kappa? Mm-hmm, I went to Kappa. Okay. Yeah, I was there in that. And I, <laughs> you know, pick up Kappa. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Knife and Catherine Kappa. I was about to say, were you at the church-looking Kappa or like some other Kappa? No, the church-looking Kappa. Before the church Kappa. Yeah, the before Kappa, the across yeah. the street from MLK Projects Kappa. Ah. The, the, get, the get busy oh. Kappa, yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, um, a lot oh. of people... <laughs> okay. A lot of people are really uh, interested in you know me talking about high school because I was there that I guess they would call it the golden age. So mm-hmm. I was there with Boys to Men, The Roots, Joey DeFrancisco, oh. like Christian McBride, like all those cats who were all there uh, at the same time. Mm. Um, wow. And um, you really are like one of Philly's finest, like royalty. Like, <laughs> you're, well, in, you're literally in the same class with them. <laughs> well, you know, one of the, the, the coolest things about that is um, kind of when everything was wrapping up and Boys and Men got a record deal because they were like, yo, we met we met uh, uh, Michael Bivens at this talent show. Oh, yeah, we got a deal. And people were like, word? Like, yo, come down to the school on Saturday. We're going to shoot the video for Motel Billy. Word? You know, <laughs> and things started happening. Mm-hmm. And what was such a really uh, amazing thing for my life was that I saw cats actually make it. Yeah. You know, like I saw people blow up, like for real, for real. And that, that made me fearless in a way. So I give a lot. I give a lot of credit to those guys being the, the pioneers for that. Question uh, for you. Yeah, sure. Regarding that. So mm-hmm. when you said that, as a cartoonist, and the, the sort the sort of interest that you had was not very popular, but you were amidst. You were in a school where, like you said, like you were with what became Philly's finest. Um, people that were actually making it what did that look like at an art school like to be mm-hmm. like in a field that was not very popular mm-hmm. how did what did that sort of look like in the framework of like an art school well you know I I, I feel like you know a lot of my friends uh, bled for for our pop culture now um, mm-hmm. you've seen you've heard a lot of people kind of battle like yo back in my day I you know I would get beat up for reading comedy you know all those war stories but when I was at Kappa like I was not the fan favorite, my teachers hated my guts. They really oh, hated car. They, you know, they really hated cartoons, and they were like, "Yo, would you please stop drawing this garbage and draw this bowl of fruit?" <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, with the with this long piece of <laughs> with this long piece of compressed charcoal, and mm. you know, and and it's not like I was, you know against learning you know the foundations because you know everybody's art is better when you know where you come from and mm-hmm. all of that but you know i had a compulsion to want to be a cartoonist but i, I wasn't getting pats on the back there so i mm-hmm. basically taught myself uh, interesting yeah so, it's funny because kappa's like kappa's requirements to get in for high school students now is still very traditional they mm-hmm. say they they explicitly say no anime and no cartoons you still have to draw the still life the self-portrait so even to this day just it seems like throughout time it's just like well you can do that when you get in but right. when you're in but in order to get in no cartoons so it seems like that's kind of still there well, you know what I, you know, now being a, a gray beard and kind of looking back on stuff, I can understand to a degree why they say things like that because, you know, if you say yeah, draw whatever you like, and it's just going to be ten pages of SpongeBob and like badly drawn anime characters, and it's kind of like that's cool, but like, you know, it's fruit that, though. <laughs> no, no, I mean, you know, like I, I, 
I had some cartoons in my portfolio. And for people that don't know, you have to audition to get into Kappa. And this is an 85 when I was trying to audition and I had a presentation case and I had some like really well copied pictures of the Hulk. And then I had, then you know, my mom's kind of gave me the, the blueprint. And I also had, you know, the bowl of fruit. And then I had the self-portrait and I had all that other kind of stuff to have a balance. But, you know, they so even with what you just said, that makes perfect sense. They're still not fans of it. Mm -hmm. So but, you know, I I I I persisted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You guys have any questions? Well, no, I mean, we still listen to the origins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can keep going. I know we don't have that much time and I'm a talker. So please cut me off. if I love it. We, we have questions, but at the same time, we want to make sure that the audience really gets to know who you are. Sure. Yeah. sure. They're going to see us for another few episodes. They're not going to see They're you. already they're tired of us. Canceled, yeah. They're tired of us already. <laughs> so, the less we talk, the less we <laughs> get canceled. So, uh, you had mentioned that you have like impressions of uh, the Hulk. And mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. As far as, you know, you said Doonesbury, but were there like any major comic books that were like influencing uh, the Jamar Nichols, Nicholas of now. So, yeah. So uh, at that time, um, uh, again, I didn't, I, I, my first love affair was with comic strips and then I learned about the comics later. So I'm, I'm, I'm a weird kind of comic book head. Like I came into it later, um, at, at the corner store in my neighborhood. Uh, this is probably what, eight and 79, 80. You could go and get, um, a three pack of comics with the covers ripped off for 20, 25 cents. So I started getting into that, but I didn't know, this is really funny. I didn't know that there were other artists that drew this stuff. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, like it was a lot of, a lot of Ditko reprints and it was a lot of Ditko Spider-Man and that was my thing, but I didn't know Steve Ditko drew it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, those early impressions, like I was a big Spider-Man guy and that, that was one of my earliest impressions. And then from there, I probably found out at Kappa, I found out that there are comic book stores in in the city as I'm going to school downtown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you guys are all Philly cats. So you know how kind of compartmentalized the city is. Like you yes. roll up in a neighborhood, you kind of stay in that neighborhood unless you have yes. a reason to leave it. Yeah. Um, so some cat in my uh, in my homeroom was like, yo, we're going to Fat Jacks. I'm like, yo, what's that? It's like it's a it's a whole store with comic books and like my 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 head exploded, you know. So after that, I was really into X Men, and you know, I just kind of went from there, classic Avengers and stuff like that. But I was still traditionally a comic strip guy. Was the comic book realm as overwhelming back then than it is now? Is for for now? I mean, I have a hard time figuring out where to start. Yeah. So. Back in you said like seventies, eighties, seventy nine, eighty. Yeah, like 80s? that was yeah. the midst of a lot of creation. So I'm wondering, what did that look like? Yeah, so so like I would say like eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven comic book stores, and you know so, somebody could argue me with the dates, but I remember going to the store, and I think that the cover price for stuff was seventy five cents then. Oh. Isn't that wild, right? You get you you could get a nice batch of books for ten dollars. Oh my goodness. And and I'll and, and just to kind of put uh submit myself here, I remember the first uh the Marvel Epic line Akira books started coming out. Mm-hmm. Like and that, and that, yeah. Like yeah. the anime? Yeah, yeah. It was a there they it was a Marvel series that they kind of basically chopped up the manga. And ah. it was and it was the first digitally colored comic book work. Oh wow! In the industry, and yeah, and that was that was pretty early. So, but yeah, I was. It was a lot of different stuff, and it all felt kind of funky and underground. Like I was in this stuff that, like Elf Quests and all this other kind of weirdo D and D stuff that I was kind of into. And but I was a big Marvel guy, and I never really got into DC. No. <laughs> My peoples, right? Um, but yeah, just but to answer your question, it was really eclectic, and it was it almost it felt really underground because not everybody was into it. Mm-hmm. So, like that classic Simpsons comic book guy, the shop, the comic shop mm-hmm. guy, where mm-hmm. they were all run by those dudes, and they did not like you being in their store. Doesn't feel like that comic now. Ever, um, yeah, it's more accepting now because I would blame Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. Really? That yeah. Culture. 
Yeah. Because it really opened up the door to being anyone could be a nerd, right? Mm-hmm. Like nerds stopped being a very marginalized group and became, you know, whether or not you were on the spectrum, whether or not you were highly intelligent, or if you liked Harley Quinn's, you know, mismatched clothes, then everyone kind of broke into that space after the Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. But before that, it was very much like underground. Mm-hmm. Um, so recently, because they, they try mm-hmm. to validate us now by saying, "Oh, you guys didn't get beat up for you know liking nerd stuff," but there was some people who did. Mm-hmm. Like, because that was all that they liked, but you know, right? Uh, well, yeah. In the grand scheme of time, yes. Recently, with the speed of the internet, twenty thirteen, it probably feels like ages ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the MCU, the MCU is another good example of like people just wanting to get into involved in the world because mm-hmm. now you see actors playing these people True. who've been on comic books. For the last 50 years. But I feel like it's at this point where MCU, in its popularity, has it really elevated the comic book world? Yes. Or they still seem to operate separately where I don't really hear about Marvel Comics. I, I hear a lot about MCU. But I still don't hear a lot about Marvel mm. comic books. I would, as the avid reader, I guess. You're I the reader. Group, you know. Um, <laughs> it's influenced so much so that like character designs. I have see. now aligned with what you see in the MCU. Ah, okay. Tony Stark had a mullet, like <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. What was the? Bring uh, that back. That group they sing, uh, Man Eater. Oh, oh Hall and Oates. Oh. He had the Hall and Oates. Philly boys. <laughs> yeah. Philly boys. No, no, yeah. Philly board. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, like stuff like that. I see. Once mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. showed up, then he started getting the goatee shape like it and. Mm-hmm. But Tala got hair. It's crazy. I wonder to Alicia's question, um, and maybe Jamar, you can answer this. Has there been turnover? Like how much turnover from, or how many follow through clicks? I guess you could call them from like people who like see the MCU now dive into the comic books. Uh, it, you know, I always feel like that's been a fight for us because. With the popularity of the MCU and even the DCEU and Comic-Con and, you know, uh, all of these things kind of converging on, like, geek culture, I still don't think it trickles down to comics like it should. Mm-hmm. And me being an author, I, you know, I, I'm always going to be on team reading, team book in yeah. your hand, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's always where I default to. And, you know us as the creators want to think, well, hey, you know what? If this movie comes out, y'all got to write at the comic shop, but people like movies. Yes. People like TV. And yes. it's, it, it's kind of, I mean, it's not that it doesn't happen, but it's not as prevalent as people think. People don't yes. run to a comic book store to, to find further adventures of Tony Stark. They'll wait for the next movie. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I was thinking like with, with anime and manga, it seems to be the case where people sort of go back to the manga mostly to catch up right. um but with with comics i'm just like do the writers do all writers within the comic book universe really benefit truly the way that these it, when especially when we're thinking about the revenue that these films make um do do writers actually benefit from that are they elevated from the popularity and the revenue mm-hmm. that's granted from these movies and mm-hmm. i i question that even, even as someone that has no familiarity with comics mm-hmm. i just wonder like i don't really hear a lot about people going back to read mm-hmm. right and i don't think they will largely due to the fact that most of the characters of the mcu their creators have passed on yeah from uh, years there's a stories from Years ago, yeah, like ages ago. Not, not everybody, but like you know, Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, like these people created a large portion of that, and so the writers who now have taken that on, unless they've created a new character like Mrs. Mar, like Miss Marvel, uh, they don't really see the fruits of their labor. Miles Morales uh, being created by Jonathan Hickman, you know, and all those things. I mean, not Jonathan Hickman. Uh, Bendis. Bendis, thank you. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of my comic book fans that. Like, Wanna, <laughs> they're all screaming in the chat. He's nerding <laughs> out. We need like a nerding out. Like Bendis and people like that are still alive to see the fruits of their labor. Um, but a lot of the older established characters, you know, like there's really no payoff for that. So there's mm-hmm. no call back to the comic books unless you have like events that happen right. in the movies. And even then, 
if you go back and read that stuff, you're like, oh, this is completely different. It's very involved. Yeah. Really people are and I was about to say, the only people who would really appreciate it are the people who have already read the comic books. The and like, to appreciate it or hate it. Or hate it. Um, <laughs> and to Jamar's point, I don't know if many people are going to really go back to be like, oh, that was so cool. Because connecting to what Alicia said, they're getting into comic books now where do you start new 52 nah th- that's already done and over yeah. with right mm-hmm. like playing <laughs> mm-hmm. disney there's like mm-hmm. so many things that it's just like well where it, do it I all do? depends on what you want and mm-hmm. who you want to read first um and then if you want to go back and backdate you know spider-man's are almost cl- closest to its thousandth issue you know mm-hmm. spider-man the, the, there's really no stopping anymore so you can just ask somebody what storyline should i start at and that might be issue nine hundred and seventy nine. You know who knows, but Jamar. Oh, well, I, I wanted to. I wanted to add to that right before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and um, and I'm I'm in my feelings right now because I turned fifty next uh, on Saturday. Hey. So uh, yeah, I, <laughs> thank you. I need to. I, I need the saber to to cut the champagne top <laughs> off with. Um. So like, I think what's probably miss with the younger generations uh who uh maybe you know kind of coming into the comic book fandom from the movies and kind of like going back and backtracking um you have to understand that the system was not set up to benefit creators at all back then Mm -hmm. you know a giant part of the reason image comics was formed was just for that point that guys weren't getting their original pages back you know and there's stories from back in the day in the 80s where they would just like after uh, when the artists would turn in physical illustration boards of comic book issues, they would they would run copies of it, you know, to shoot to film for the co- for the comic book issues, and they throw that stuff in the trash dumpster. Wow, you know what I mean? It was it was just commodity. Mm-hmm. So even in a lot of guys' contracts, which is for the most part work for hire, mm-hmm. and you know, and that just kind of already sets a, a precedent for how you're going to see any further money from being a comic book creator is that, you know, the internet didn't exist. The movies were, were, were whack. If there was a comic book movie, it was, like, really, really, like, you know what I mean? It was, like, B-level, like, E-level stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the, the, the motorcycle was weird. yeah, the motorcycle and the see-through shield, like, from the 70s, like, it's like, that's not cool. They did the know? best they could. Uh, they, like, so, right, so you see a lot of the older creators you know, I'm not going to put anybody's name out there who are just kind of like, you'll see some older fans say, yo, they couldn't even give them credit in the, in the, in the joint at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, or they'll go, Oh, well, these guys help make Thor put them in the scene where they're all eating dinner in Valhalla. Like that's not really a come up, mm-hmm. you know, nobody knows. <laughs> right. It's like you people know, you know what I mean? And that's a cool little shout out. But, you know, again, it just wasn't structured for that. So the more modern creators now know what the deal is. And you'll see that there's been they really dried up with making new characters uh, at Marvel and DC because guys used to just make characters to fill in the story and the issue. Like, oh, I need a we need a villain for this month. I I don't know. Make cardiac, you know, but now they own that. And people don't want to give away their, you know, their IP like that anymore. Mm. It's interesting. It's a really interesting study. Uh, That's something that we could, I'm sure, go down into because we've talked about that at least twice. Mm. Um, uh, Anywho, uh, continuing on the origin story. Yeah, I'm um, sorry. (laughs) What made you uh, focus on telling stories for... Uh, what was it? Middle age, or was middle. it something that you kind of <laughs> middle years? Middle grade, middle grade, middle grade, middle grade. Um, <laughs> almost. <laughs> You're almost there. Yeah, yeah. Um, as especially as you like uh, created your own brand and your own company mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. what made you focus in on that as opposed to uh, branching out, or do you plan to? Uh, well, yeah, I started uh, in comics uh, as a self-publisher i started self-publishing in 1998 and before that i was doing other kind of illustration stuff and um probably 15 years ago i did a little series for tokyo pop i think tokyo pop keeps trying to re-exist but they kind of fell down and they keep trying to get back up 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of like a, a gateway drug uh, chapter book series for kids called The Gross Adventures. Uh, I didn't create it. I illustrated it in a, a, a lady named Annie Auerbach uh, wrote it. And it was about these two little boys who, who go on adventures and solve their problems by farting. That's very ju- it's very juvenile, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, it was my first time kind of doing chapter book work. And I, I like, fell in love with the storytelling. It was really pure. And I, you know, I really connect to that time in childhood, you know, where just, you know, kids on bikes was all you needed to tell a story, you know, and I, I, I like living in that space and it made me want to do more kids stories. So that's kind of what I got the bug to, to create Leon. I create actually created Leon um, probably 20 years ago off of the, off of the back of one of my other comic books. Mm-hmm. properties uh but i never did anything with them and then i just kept developing him until 2011 where we did a really early kickstarter with a couple other creative friends of mine to do a three book graphic novel series and leon was mine so leon protector of the playground was a, a graphic novel i put out in 2011 which is now out of print you guys if you look for it wow. people keep telling me they're seeing it on ebay for 300 dollars. they'll oh. cop cop that two part question yes please so first part is at what point did you decide because even going to art school does not necessarily dictate the career that you there are plenty of people that go to art school that end up becoming something completely different so Mm -hmm. at what point either in high school after high school before did you decide okay this is something that i want to do when did you know and the second part of it is why choose characters with no superpowers, like no like physical, like mm-hmm. these supernatural powers and, and, and sort of what made you decide to sort of tap into the powers that we have as individuals, like the, in, like the abilities that we have and the skills that we already have and using mm-hmm. that as a superpower. So that's like the two-parter. Oh, no, those, those are great questions. I think the first part for me was that, um, I'm kind of coming up in this space, like a, like a lot of my peer group are other comic creators. And, um, you know, it's really fantastic that a lot of my buddies are like, you know, major people. And I get to see that. But I also see how hard people work for not a lot of not attention. Not attention. It's more like, you know, I don't. I think the return on investment of being a comic book creator sometimes isn't as good as it should be not even just equity wise, but just kind of like attention wise or eyeballs or the optics of it. And um, I'll I'll get to it. A lot of my buddies, their body of work are spines and spines of books on a, on a Barnes and Noble shelf. And that's amazing. And a lot of comic book creators um, kind of value their careers as how many pages have I drawn over the, over my lifetime. But, you know, I've, I've seen so many people go, but yeah, but that's, you know, I like the other dude that draws flash, you know, and it just kind of whittle people down real fast. Mm -hmm. Or what else have you done? Or like, Oh, yo, he's going to draw wonder woman next. And I just felt like, yo, I don't think people, I don't think people care like they should. I think most people are fans of a character and are fans of a creator next. Mm -hmm. So I, I really wanted to just kind of do my own thing and, you know, uh, tip the cap to, you know, the comic book uh, world and tropes and stuff like that, but not necessarily make a, a new static shock. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people get get stuck in like black Superman or I need yeah. to do I need to make this, but make them look like that. And I yeah. just totally stayed away from all of that. So that's and, and also the non super thing is, you know, I think people are are fantastic just as they are. And I like to celebrate normalcy in a way i love that now let me know if i'm giving away a spoiler for anyone that may read leon but are you the educator (laughs) no i'm the bus driver (laughs) but are you the educator uh no 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 no, i'm not the educator Uh, reveal later on i'm only halfway through oh no yeah keep reading you'll get there Okay, because <laughs> I saw that and I was like, "He's the educator." I know. <laughs> I'll wait for it to like be revealed. But mm-hmm. I'm glad you were able to answer that for me. Yeah. 
question. Sure. Um, what's your favorite drawing or comic you've made and what inspired it? Mm, that's great. Um, I think there's a, there's a, not to be, not to be corny, but I think the, the my, my favorite thing is the thing that I haven't done yet, mm-hmm. you know, and I, um, we, we talk about comic book theory and craft and the, the craft of cartooning and, you know, study like the old, the old greats like Windsor McKay, who created Little Nemo in Slumberland back in the 1800s. And I, I think uh, one thing that keeps your ego in check is that you're always a student. Hmm. And there's always somebody who did it better than somebody is doing it now. Like if you've ever seen, if you if you like Bone, Jeff Smith's Bone mm-hmm. uh, book, it's a beautiful, beautiful, it's a beautiful, majestic thing. If you guys have, if you guys have a red bone, go, go pick it up tomorrow. But he was influenced by Walt Kelly, who's an old uh, comic strip artist back in the, in the late night, the early 1900s. Magnificent work. You don't know how they did the stuff with a, with a brush. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always want to get better and do better than I did the last time. But, you know, I feel great when I make a really good nose <laughs> on a page. You know, it's real, it's real simple stuff. Like, oh, that's a good shoelace. That was the best shoelace I've drawn today. <laughs> it's real simple things. But, you know, just kind of having that passion to keep getting better is what, you know, I really love about being a cartoonist. Let's go with that. When did you, so kind of a bit more than Alicia's question of when did you uh, plan to like do this for real, for real, when did you know, or do you know how big you are? Like, (laughs) when did you, when did, when was it like, oh, snap, I can either like live off of this and, or, oh yeah, Put some respect on my name. Self-awareness questions. Yeah, that's that. a great. And 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 Alyssa, I don't know if I answered your question to the extent that you wanted, but I'll, no, that I'll, was great. I love it. Okay. All right, cool. Um, you know, that's a hard question. Like, I just got a bunch of interviews on local media. I don't know if you guys saw any of that. I was on Channel Three and Channel I Ten, and you know, all of that. And they had my the top of my head shining and everything. I needed a bucket hat, but. <laughs> Uh, there was a question there like, yo, do you kind of ask that? It's like, do you know how whatever, whatever sauce they wanted to put on me? And I and I, I said, and I believe this is that I, going back to that student question is that I, I'm very confident uh, as my, in my skills as a cartoonist. And, you know, I've been on this road for like 25 years doing this stuff. So um, I'm not a big fan person that has a lot of like false humbleness or I'm not a bragger and I don't, you know, I don't wear a cape, you know what I mean? Or come out of a, a, a car with a Bengal tiger next to me. I just, you know, I just do my thing, you know what I mean? But I, I understand that I've been somebody in this, in this business who's been the first to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've, I've been that guy who was like, Oh word, he did that. Or, yo, he did that first. And I just kind of keep it moving but yeah, I'm aware that, you know, people know who I am at this point. And I think the, to answer the second part was when I got my scholastic contract, I knew I didn't have the space to have a day job anymore because mm. my, my, my new career as an author is like double full time. Yeah. I was, bu- I was busy holding down a, a, a J.O., but like this, you know, I work like, <laughs> like mad long hours, but it's yeah. all it's all on me or the, you know, or the brand to Mm -hmm. a totally different extent than I'm, than I was aware of. That's awesome. That kind of ties into, um, sorry, that ties into a question I have about sort of like the things that you love becoming Mm -hmm. your career. Mm -hmm. Because I know that it's, it's like an interesting line when you do the things that you love and it becomes a career. It's like, it becomes this, yeah, it becomes this like, (laughs) in some ways it's like this pressure that can sometimes, yeah, like, well, I didn't say that. No, (laughs) but our hobbies, sometimes our hobbies, because it's like, there's no pressure. There's no expectations. I do it because I love it. No matter how bad I am at it. 
Dan. Oh. Um, just kidding. <clears throat> but oh, but my, my question, I'm talking about, I'm in like you don't need the Metal Gear joint break. I'm in I'm in gaming. <laughs> um, but art and writing seems to be a major part of your career. Yes. And if I can assume maybe your identity, but sort of how do you how does that sort of show up in like your you time? Does it show up in your U time? Oh is it something different? Did I that steal your question? No, a little bit. I was like, how do you balance and or view hustle culture and living life? Okay, yours is better than mine, but no, that would be a better question. No, those are all those are all legit. You're making it a competition. Yeah, mm-hmm. a We're not competing. <laughs> I won, but it's not a competition. <laughs> but I won though. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll I'll say this and um I, I was, if I was like low key nervous about talking to you guys tonight, it was, I was hoping you didn't ask me a lot of like modern popular culture questions. Like, yo, what'd you think about, you know, the news kind of, yesterday? Yeah. What did you think about like Falcon and Winter Soldier? Because right. when I tell you I didn't see it, you're going to be real upset with me. <laughs> so, but, but to that point is, you know, I've there's I guess I I, I hate to call it sacrifice because there's people out there doing like stuff like hanging off the side of an oil rig, which is like a real sacrifice. I'm just drawing comic books, you know, but there's there there's a lot of things that you kind of have to put down or just doesn't become as prevalent to your week as when you're a fan or you're a, 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 a amateur or, you know. However, you're a hobbyist, probably the nicest yeah. thing to say is a yeah. hobbyist. Um, so when I communicate sometimes with people who are just fans of the culture or they're fans of this or they love Game of Thrones, they're like, yo, JN, you're you're a D&D nerd. Yeah, definitely. Yo, what do you think of Game of Thrones? I haven't seen it. You know, and they go, what? I'm like, I'm busy, you know, and I'm just and I'm. I'm I'm busy doing stuff to the point where that other things is just like there's no way I'm going to sit down and watch that, mm-hmm. you know. As as dope as it, as it is, and I keep thinking I'm going to get to it. I'm going to go one summer. I'm going to sit down and watch all of it. But I think I'm kind of cooked in a way. Like my attention is always somewhere else, or working on the next thing, or developing something else. So. Oh, I'm oh, oh, sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Last piece, last piece, last piece of this. So, and this is a question I ask a lot of my other comic book buddies is, do you know how to relax? That was going to be my question. That was, man. Yeah. We're on the same page here. <laughs> and same. I'll have to say, you know what? It's real hard to stay still. It really is. Like, I can't tell you the last time I went, if I took a vacation, that I went and I didn't bring work with me. Mm. You know, um, I, you know, the idea of like crunching your, your sand, your feet, your toes in the sand is cool, but I'm probably have a tablet or a a sketchbook with me while I'm doing it. You know what I mean? So I kind of, I'm, I'm immersed in it. Can I ask you the miracle question that us counselors tend to ask clients? So say if it was 7am when we were having this conversation Mm -hmm. and you were told either by yourself or someone else that at 8 a.m., you have the whole day to yourself to do whatever you want. No mm-hmm. obligations, no due dates, nothing. It's just a free day. Mm-hmm. What would you do? Uh, I'd, probably, I'd probably be working. <laughs> I'd probably be. I'd probably be drawing. Like, you, like as a as 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 a as a form of just like pure jo- enjoyment. Like, not, or would not you for anybody up? else's eyes? Just like, just yours, just you. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Someone who's created something and a creator. A, cre- a good one. I love that. Ooh, that's the, I don't think I would ever say that. I love the way, I love what you just said, but I don't think I could say that myself because it sounds like, like bad ego. You know what I mean? I feel like I couldn't say that. I think one, but I, that maybe you subscribe to that because what happens is when the, the wheels are always turning for you. Yeah. Yeah. The ability to relax is to still create because it's mm. passion. Interesting. And so, yeah. You know, because we can often demonize people who don't stop working. Yeah. Because mm. naturally it's in our in our well now we're the pendulum has swung to start demonizing people yes. who don't well, stop I working. I agree. But you know even I would say early 90s is when you started hearing about the working man and he didn't have time for his family or his yeah. friends. Yeah. But I'm saying in the res- in the respect of someone who does actively create Mm-hmm. It is 
that's where their their peace lies. That's mm-hmm. where the passion lies, and that and so because of that, you know, you you got to put respect on their name, right? Mm-hmm. Like they mm-hmm. don't stop, even mm-hmm. if their their sand had the the sand is in their socks, in their shoes, <laughs> not in the socks. You know, they are still they got something in their hands and they're creating. So you got to respect. Stand like with that. the poetry. Uh, I love it, but you know, it, it, just to add added uh, uh, another layer to that. I love I love what you just said there, and I I am probably a little different than a lot of my comic book buddies who, <clears throat> like when you when they give you your comic book sword, I'm making stuff up. When they give you your comic book sword, they say they point you this way and say you die a warrior's death. Mm. And you die on the battlefield. You know, when I was younger, to hear like, oh, Charles Schultz, he just dropped dead at his drafting table. What a great way to go out. Right? That's a cartoonist death. You drop dead and they say, he he did what he loved. Oh, oh, this is the last Snoopy strip. You know what I mean? Like they kind of compress your life into that. Oh, my gosh. Right? I mean, and, you know, to ask a comic book artist or a cartoonist, yo, what about retirement? And they go, What? (laughs) <laughs> like we don't retire yeah where does that come from does that come from like just an intense passion for the work that you do or does it does it feel obli- like something that you you have no choice like where do, is there consent in this i was about to say i was about, or it could be argued that few artists get to that point where they could even like very popular artists yeah. are still like many manga artists have died on the board yeah. so it's like is this coming from a place of like this is the work that i love and i do or is it like, well, you know, this is what I got to do? I think but it's, it's also a, what I love. No, I think it's a compulsion. And I think it's also, I mean, it's. I think it's, it's less being a cartoonist or a create. I think it's more a creative and an art thing. Like how many artists do we even know in our own modern cult history that stop creating at a certain mm-hmm. age? Hmm. You know, it's just not, it's not, and I remember when I used to have these arguments when I was younger about even going to art school, you know, and I had a lot of resistance and people say like, yo, but you know, how are you going to make money? That's always the first one. But the second one is like, yo, what about, you need to save for retirement. You need to do this. And I'm just like, I think cartoon, being a cartoonist is a, is a, is a lifestyle. It's not even a a job at this point. You know, and when when people kind of find out how much time and I'm not trying to big up myself, but once they find out how much time and energy and sweat equity you put into something, a lot of people are like, "Nah, I'm out. I could never do that. You know what I mean? I'd like to draw my little thing and then I close the book when I'm when I'm tired or I want to, you know, do something else. But we all kind of go past this point of no return to get things done, you know, so but to to balance this out. Over the past 10 years, I've been thinking like, you know what? I don't want to work myself into a grave, even though I work. Like, I don't want to tell you how long I work every day, but (laughs) I want to walk my dog. You know, I want to sit outside and like, you know, watch the ships roll in. Like, I want to balance. If you want to call that work-life balance, I'm very aware of that. And, you know, sometimes I just have to get up and, you know, I'm not resting, but I just need to like turn the screen off for a minute just so Mm -hmm. I can like, you know, try to uh, uh, put some equilibrium on my day. But I'm very aware of kind of like the end of the road for cartoonists. (laughs) I don't know if that feels grim, but it's kind of what it is. I I wouldn't be too worried about it. (laughs) That makes sense though, because it sounds like, you know, like I think I may have said earlier that it sounds like this is, it's not just a thing that you do, but it's your identity yeah. where it's like, you can't really truly take it off. Kind of like yeah. I was thinking about maybe being like a parent where mm. it's like, you may have those days where you don't have the kids and you can just do whatever, but that you're still a dad, you know, that's not something mm. that you can take off. You yeah. know, it's always on. Yeah, um, no, that's real. Even when you're not in the, in the, you're not acting as a dad in the moment, you're, it's, you're still a dad. So yeah. I'm thinking the same thing about like artists and creators. You know, facts. I, I agree with that. And I don't, that maybe that's not sexy to hear. You know what I mean? Like, I think people, I, you know, it's just like, oh, well, but tell me about when you drew Dr. Strange. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, I think a lot of people don't want to think that deep into it. It's just like, oh, you create entertainment, things that I consume and I enjoy. Where's the next one? 
Mm. You know, and that's kind of the end of our transaction. But, you know, to think like, wow, you know, do you get to, you know, go to the beach <laughs> once in a while? <laughs> People normally don't ask me that. So I really appreciate these questions. Yeah. And, uh, I think I think what we fail to do, especially when we are in the presence of creators or people who have already achieved and broken barriers and, you know, we, the OGs, right? Mm. A lot of times we want to know what you've done and then somehow attribute that to how great you are on whatever totem pole. Mm. But to actually acknowledge you as an event individual and you know, how is this your identity or whether or not it is, if it is your identity, mm. um, those are the better questions to ask because we're people talking to people. Yeah. And uh, I think the biggest thing that I would ask from you uh, beyond all this is that when you do get free time, can we all play D&D together? <laughs> Yo, let's roll up some characters. I'm in. Now, are you more of like a, a DM or? Yes. Okay. Oh, See. you'd probably be a dope DM. What's a DM? The Dungeon Master. Yeah, Dungeon like the like tells the story and yeah. like leads you on your quest. Oh, we got it. We got to set that up. Yeah. I, I would I have to when. learn. I have to learn. I don't know how to play D and D. Oh, it's uh, pretty easy. It, it, I didn't know last year, and then oh, I, I want to learn. Uh, to. To even make it uh, more enticing, we can do a Marvel superheroes campaign. Oh boy, that actually made it less enticing. All right, we could do D and D. No Disney. Cool. Just, just D&D. Uh, D&D. No D&D. Disney, please. Well, I'll send you my email. We could do the Marvel thing separately. <laughs> but, that's what's um, up. No, I, I think that's really important. To, whenever you get that free time, we'd love to be able to just watch you just be. Can and I you can bring your notepad it? too. So if you have to. Thank you, guys. Um, I have some fun questions. Sure. Uh, we yeah, he is on a time. Yeah, because so yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we can keep, we can keep going. I'm good. Good. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, my first one is a streaming service comes to you. I said streaming service because maybe you don't bang with like Netflix. Maybe you like Hulu. Who knows? But a streaming service comes to you and they want to make an adaptation of your works. Would you keep it animated or go the live action route? And you can you can separate it so you, if Detective Boogaloo Hip Hop Cop is animated, but the Leon series is turned into like a live action series mm-hmm. or movies, you can do you can switch it up. Mm-hmm. What would you do? Oh, I, li- I like the homework too. Um, animated all the way, mm. and and also I have to EP. I got to produce. <laughs> yes, I got to direct it too. Just give me give me the ball. I'm Who I'm would going. Be the voice actor. You know what? It's funny, um, especially with just the history of male, like talking about Leon, like male uh, cartoon characters are usually voiced by females. Yes. Um, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I feel, you know what? In my in my head, I feel like Leon sounds like Gary Coleman. You remember the, the, the kid from Different Strokes? I was thinking Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, man. <laughs> Gary Sorry, yo, that's wild. It was just thought. Sorry. Hey, we'll we'll give her we'll give her a a test. See how it's. She'll be considered. Yeah, yeah, we'll consider her. Put her on the short list. But yeah, (laughs) but yeah, animated. And um, I want to answer the rest of your questions, but uh, I was just at a school visit, and this might be spicy. But one of the kids asked me, I love kid questions. That's my favorite thing in the world is kid questions. Kind of like, you know, do you like oatmeal? Yeah, yeah so bad, bad artist. This kid, <laughs> this kid asked me like, "When's the movie coming?" or something like that. A lot, a lot of people ask that question, like, "Yo, I want to see a cartoon," and you know, I don't want to get into hot water because I know that we all love to ingest media, right? We 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 just need it. And I said, you know, first and foremost, I don't want to break any hearts. If all that stuff happens, and I've been in talks with some people. That's all gravy, but I'm a I'm a cartoonist. We already established that, right? You said book in hand. I make books. I draw I draw books that kids hug to their chest in the till the cover falls off. Mm-hmm. If we make cartoons, you watch that cartoon, you go through the season and go, "Where's the next one?" Or you forget about it. It's very like it's consumable. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, like, where the wild things are, never needed to have a movie made. 
because the book is know. all you need. You know what I'm saying? So I'm very sensitive about that, and I love to answer the questions that people like eyes light up when you talk about movies. Mm -hmm. But that's not my end goal. I want to make more books. That's fair. We need more readers. Yeah. Young boy. <laughs> you are. If you don't take this book. Well, and you know, and also, and I, I you know, again, I want to keep going back to the questions, but I think it's really important that we uh, make sure that the door is open for kids to read. Like, I, you know, I think people will tell you, people will say kids don't read. That's not true. Kids read. Kids read, but I also think it's a big part of your household. Like, if you don't come from a reading family, you ain't reading. True. You know what I mean? So, and you don't make more comic book fans if they don't read. Right they, they, do not, they do not stop. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love to hear that. You know? We change, we have to change our books every day. Yeah. Nonstop. The best thing is when a kid comes to school and they have a book that's like not the school's book. It's like yes. their own book. Yeah. It's like books are like such a it's it the fact that it's like a physical object is such a is significant. Yeah. Right? You always have it with you. Mm -hmm. Um it's not like it's just not just something for consumption. Yeah. Um so I love seeing kids with like books yeah. that are like all beat up and like because <laughs> it's like this shows use. I, I love it. I love books. And we've talked about this because of space. I have adopted, like, I used to not be an e-reader person, mm -hmm. but it got to a point where it was like, I'm not going to be packing up all these books when I move, like, from right. apartment to apartment. Right. <laughs> so, Adults. Adulting. Every, not every time. Right? Not every time. <laughs> Adulting. I love um, it. Good kindling after a while. Oh, my goodness. The kindling. <laughs> you hold on to your tablet. Just, yeah. just a little bit longer. Throw it to the ground. And... Um. Mm -hmm. I have two more questions, but I don't want to. No, um, I, we're good. I, have more, oh. I, I did want to ask some fun questions to kind of get some insight on. Sure. If he has a sense of humor or not, we'll see. I think, <laughs> I think he does, but I think we're fine. I'm not worried about it. Uh, he's like jokes on you. <laughs> uh, now you've you've done big names in the past, right? So, mm. and you're familiar with. Uh, most superheroes. So my question to you would be, if you ha could pick any superhero to be your assistant, you know, however it be, manager, you know, secretary, whoever, what character would that be? Like my day-to-day -day studio assistant, but they're a superhero? They, they take your emails, your phone calls, <laughs> they get you coffee, they stay as late as you to stay. <laughs> Let me just let me just okay. sit with that for a minute. That's funny. Yeah, that's a good pre-question. That's the one you got to like think about. Like, hmm. sure, but I thought I'd ask you. That was a good one, though. You ready for? But there might just be a character he wants to like. He thinks about on the daily. Like, damn it, yeah. if I just had a nightcrawler, yeah. get me this coffee. My <laughs> first thing, I I want to say Astro Boy, but we got to put a hoodie on him. Like, he got to. He can't oh, have. Yeah. He need to put a shirt on. He got to put a shirt on. He, he got some little shorts. He got a little shorts. <laughs> he got a, you know, he can't be up in the studio. Shirt before draws. What a mess. And you know that uh, Astro Boy has a has a butt machine guns, right? You know that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what machine yeah, guns? He, yeah. Oh. He turns around and he fits down and his little guns that come that out of his Prince outfit where his cheeks was out, but he still had pants on. That's the classic, uh, classic S report. Um, you know, this is funny. Probably Rage from the New Warriors. Wow. What do they do? Great answer. What do they do? Nobody. Oh man, that just made me feel so happy that you. Comic book guy. I was about to say. That's well, you, well, you gotta you gotta break Rage down real quick. All right. So Rage uh, is one of the few black characters in Marvel who he gets stronger, but he's also like. By being an angry black man? Enraged, right? So the angry black man trope, <laughs> oh, unfortunately, no. uh, is applied to this character. But when he's partnered with other black characters, um, most recently, I think the last time I saw him was with Falcon, mm. Falcon Captain America. He's like, I need us to fight against this injustice. Sam was like, we're going to work this out a different way. <laughs> and he got so angry and just was like strong but at the same time he he's not bulletproof right so hmm. he still catches a the biggest butt whooping mm. like all the time 
So. How would that help you as an assistant? I, you know, <laughs> he's perfect for a regular day to day job. Yeah, well, I think he's, he's, he's out caring any caring. But Jamar <laughs> sounds like you get him angry just to start lifting heavy boxes, right? Yeah, Maybe. like yo, we need to we need to pack the van out. You know, go. <laughs> We'll get them, Turn like, on the news. Turn yeah. on the Philly news. Turn and then the, come back to me when you're done. But here's a secret. And I don't know if they've changed his, changed his story lately, but his original origin. And he's a he's a 14-year-old. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this is was, child labor yeah. now. Oh, well, now it got weird. I didn't mean to that part. I'm going there. He's an intern. Oh, he's an intern. Yeah. He does, he's, got his work, he's got his working papers. No, he's got no. his work study, right? Like, his work study, but the the char- the character now nerding out. The character I think like got like lost a deal to Mephisto or something. So, but he looks like a thirty year old like you know brolic dude, but he's really a fourteen year old. Oh, kind of like Shazam or America. Yeah, yeah. A, like youthful rage is why he can't always <laughs> accept the concept of society around him. Oh, everybody oh. grown man. That's America mm-hmm. for you. Like so much therapy. Oh yeah. I'm find a comic book issue so you can read them. A lot of comic books characters, I'm sure, can need some therapy. But like Yeah. (laughs) Well we know. Now he we know he wants rage as an assistant. There you go. I'm glad we got that answer. To lift some boxes? Um, That's all. (laughs) Just lift boxes. If you could have a limited run of any fictional character. Who would it be, and what are some ideas that you have in mind for them? To like draw or write or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and draw and write. Yeah. I think you know I always default back to um, classic Spider-Man, mm-hmm. um, and even though I love Miles and everybody loves Miles, I, I'm a Peter Parker dude. You know, and I and I think Peter Parker is always the most interesting when he can't win. Like mm. he's always like at the like the hair's breadth of of losing. I think that's such mm. an interesting character trait. You know, he's got to get Aunt May's diabetes medicine, but the scorpions attacking the power plant, and there's a <laughs> you know, and there's a bus full of kids about to fall off a cliff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love that. We don't and love it, OP characters here. No. Oh uh, wow! Like he lives in a city where there's all these other superheroes, and no one's like, "Hey, Spider Man, you need help." He needs an yeah. assistant. He needs rage. <laughs> he needs rage. But now I would probably do something uh, kind of like, like I said, I like kind of like classic Ditko, you know, nerd Peter Parker, not, you know, uh, you know, like I don't even, I, I always enjoyed that area where like he, you know, was always had girl problems and couldn't pay his rent. Got fired from the Daily Bugle. The struggle. Yeah. yeah. I like struggle Parker. I like struggle Parker. Yeah, struggle Parker. Because as I think people can always relate. I think hustle culture, Spider-Man, you know, <laughs> would be really interesting, you know. Yeah, when he has to kind of tap into those, like, other superpowers, right? Yeah, Where it's of, like your your little web sling's not going to help you here. You have to right. sort of mm-hmm. tap, tap have into, like, time yes. <laughs> money, yeah. money, money, yeah. a paycheck. Yeah, I, I think I think Spider Man would be doing DoorDash. You know what I mean? Yes, he'd be great. Oh my god, <laughs> that's hilarious! I'm not mad at it. I think I think that would be interesting to see because there has I don't think has there ever been a person of color to write for Spider Man. That's a good question, Parker. I don't. So there was at least one. Uh, I, like so, do you do you really mean like person of color? Like we're including brown folk too? Because then maybe brown, yes, brown folks. But I, but even a, a black man writing for Spider Man. But the right, right. I know there's been a couple of artists, but, but I don't know about writing. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, make some phone calls. Yeah, <laughs> you you got all the connections. We, we you know, know a guy. Like we know we know a guy. They're not going to answer our call, but like. <laughs> I say like we know a guy. Like, <laughs> picture come up on their phone and they're like, ah, not yeah. right now. But you know, <laughs> you called. Yeah, uh, they be like, who is this? like? <laughs> um, I have a, I have one last question, but I think it's like a final question. So sure, I, I think perfect, perfect final question, and then okay, okay. Um, and I think you spoke to this before a little bit, but what does the future look like for Jamar Nichols? Um, um, that's a great question. Uh, the future looks like, um, 
doing more work inside the middle grade uh, book space. Uh, my Scholastic Graphics uh, contract, uh, I have, it's a series. So uh, there's a series of books. So the first one, which came out in October, is Leon the Extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is cool, guys. Uh, uh, I think everybody has a passing knowledge of how Scholastic books yeah. kind of like has a really strong foothold on just books in general. Yeah. And, you know, there are people that are surprised to find out that they're, I think they're the number one publisher of comics in the United States. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's anyway. So, but on my label, I'm like on the Def Jam of kids' books. Uh, <laughs> uh, like uh, Dave Pilkey does Dog Man and Captain Underpants is over there. Raina Teglemeyer's books, Bone, all that stuff. Uh, I'm all on that imprint. Um, I am just, I'm still on deadline. So we'll have to wrap this up soon. I'm finishing up the art chores on the next Leon book, uh, Leon the Magnificent. Okay. All right. Yeah. Is that due next year? Uh, it'll be out next year. It'll be out spring or summer 24. And that, that's going to be here before you know it. Wherever it's going to be. We'll make sure your websites are in the links and yeah. descriptions. Um, I think, I'm sorry, I don't know if you were done or not. But. Uh, and then after that, more, 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 more. I have to say, though, you guys, I think it's really important. And this isn't my main trumpet that I that I toot, but I'm really fortunate to be in a space where there's a, a little brown boy who is the, the main hero of a kid's book series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you go into a bookstore, you see this kid face front on the cover and he's not a sidekick. And he's not somebody's pal. Like he's, yeah. the, he's, he's the dude, yeah. you know, and it's very empowering. And I'm glad that I'm able to tell stories with him. Yeah, I had one comment to that because I, I wanted to say that early on. Mm. Uh, the ten-year-old me appreciates this because uh, I didn't have it. Mm. You know, we had Static, and you know, mm-hmm. Milestone had already done a lot of a lot of heavy lifting, mm. but that also didn't really feel like I could apl- I could apply it to my life. Mm-hmm. And to see Leon and the spaces that he operates um, with the school and you know, family and friends. Um, was something I deeply appreciated because I read enough and I couldn't stop it, even though it was a middle grade book. Middle grade, not middle know. age. <laughs> not middle like, age. Yeah. I can appreciate this because I was reading it for the sake of the middle eight, middle grade me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I appreciate the work that you, you've already done um, that you're continuing to do uh, with Leon. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, and go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, no, because my question was going to derail the moment. And I don't want to lose that. So. <laughs> no, no, bring it back. I, I, I can recover. I can rally. Um, I just wanted, I, somehow it, it escaped me to ask how hard or not hard was it to push to have Leon be, you know, a black boy with no powers and like not a sidekick. Like he is the, the, the focal point, the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know what? I'll say I it wasn't. I messed up the bag. I don't want you to say anything. That... <laughs> no, no. You know, uh, as I said earlier in, in our conversation that uh, I started, I self-published Leon, the first Leon book, Leon Protected the Playground. And <clears throat> I don't know if it was, you know, all of the lines just kind of hitting at the right spot, but it caught on and people loved it and people snatched it up and I would go places and walk out of there with just, you know, the banner I brought in and, not, and nothing else, you know. And I felt right there that the, this was the perfect time for this. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to keep pushing forward. So when it came time to kind of like make these these grand moves and, and uh, try to sign on with the publisher, you know, they were right there. And they're like, yo, let's do it. Gotcha. So, I, you know, I didn't have to dance for it, which mm-hmm. I'm, I really enjoyed that part. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't we all appreciate it? A little yeah. bit? I love it. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, if there's anything else that you want to say before we let you go, or anything well, that you we got, we got to do our wrap up. But you're yeah, welcome to stay a part of it. Um, okay. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> I think what what I'd like to leave everybody with is that there's <clears throat> there's nothing more more powerful than imagination, and there's nothing more important than reading. Mm-hmm. 
like we we couldn't do half of the stuff we enjoy if we don't if we couldn't read right <laughs> so uh if you have kids or even if you don't i think you have the agency to make sure little people are reading around you uh if you don't want to pick up leon because i'm not 10 years old buy it and give it to the kid down the street yep. or, or buy it and leave it in the laundromat that somebody's yep. going to pick it up and it'll, it'll change their lives i hope absolutely awesome well barflies and fans of jamar nicholas uh just want to say it was an honor and a pleasure to have you yeah. uh you know og happy early birthday happy early birthday thank you. Um, thank you i just need my saber yeah just a saber <laughs> um and you could draw one if you had to. So, oh, yeah. Sword, I didn't think of that. Sword of Omens. <laughs> uh, a few housekeeping things. Uh, quest item. Because quest this item. Is a, this, is a, this is a podcast. And so what we do here at the end of each episode is we give a quest item. Uh, and so I think the sacred pen of Jamar Nicholas. Ooh. And the invisible scroll. Ooh. Sacred pen. And what does it do for scroll? you? All you got to do is use your imagination and learn how to read. You know, so just learn how to read. Things. Well, <laughs> that was the whole thing. There's, there's, there's boons in there. Yeah, I didn't, say, I didn't say it was like you know. Jeez. We had such a nice moment. That was, <laughs> no, that was the whole point. Was, that was that's that what was, I do. We're marketing yeah. reading. All right. Uh, <laughs> Last but not least, we will be at Philly Otaku Con. Philly Otaku Con, fourteenth to the sixteenth. Uh, Jamar, if you're free, uh, it sounds like you're never free. So, but if you <laughs> find five seconds to stop by Cherry Street Pier and see we our will nonsense, be there. yeah, uh, experience your nonsense again. Yeah, <laughs> no, that sounds that sounds like a blast. I'll check. I'll try to check it out. Yes. Yeah, you're more than welcome, and Barflies, you are more than welcome because it's a free event. It's free. Woo! You don't so, have to pay anything. Um, nice. Yeah, just parking. At parking, you, you yeah. got to find that on your own. And That's you got to buy your own food. That is also buy your own food. That has nothing to do with us at all. We're not supposed but, to. More um, like pay as you go, I guess. As we always <laughs> like to say here, y'all have a blessed night. Deuces. <laughs>